Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 Weeks of Halloween. <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. <laughs> Why is something bothering you? It's it's not bothering me. It's more I'm a little um we'll say lost in the woods at the moment. Yeah, I think that's putting it lightly. I am definitely a bit lost in the woods myself. We just watched Possibly one of the most bizarre movies I have ever seen in my entire life. And I've seen weird movies. I watched a movie called Zombievers. Yeah. And this movie was weirder. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, What's new with you, Sam Baxter? Um... Not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I'm starting a new book, so I'm kind of in work mode. <laughs> You're writing a new one. Yeah. My goodness, you have written. <laughs> you have written, you have a whole collection of works. Yeah, and by the time I'm done, I'll still be the only person who's ever read them. <laughs> <laughs> what is this new book? Can you talk about it? Uh, it's it's kind of difficult to explain. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's another fantasy novel. I was going to say, give us a genre. It's it's a fantasy novel. It's a fantasy novel. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can chat about this more in depth later okay uh but that's exciting what process are you at in the in the writing of it um i'm in the world building stage so i'm figuring out what stuff looks like so it's not related to any of your other works no nothing nothing approaching what i've done before no well that's exciting yeah it's it's, it's fun to have a new project and it's it's fun to kind of play around in a in a new space uh that is true i agree with that I will say I am also in the beginning stages of a of writing something that I can't at all announce at the moment because <laughs> I'm afraid that it won't come to fruition at all. But if it does come to fruition, it will be a lot of fun. Um, and I hate the world building process. <laughs> I wish I could just like have someone do all of the hard work and just come in and like punch it up. That's how I feel about writing at the moment. I'm tired and I don't feel like doing any of it. And so I wish (laughs) that someone else would do it for me. (laughs) I mean, I've definitely like opened up a Word document before and been like, there's nothing here. What the fuck is that? I know. Right. I haven't typed anything yet. And the, the worst part is that like I... Up until the last couple of years, I hated outlining. It wasn't something I liked doing. I liked to kind of like freeform write Mm -hmm. and then kind of put it all together later. Right. And I've found recently that that is just not 
at least when I, I'm working on a time limit and I often am, I have deadlines and things. Uh, that's just not a process that is conducive to getting anything done. See, I'm like copious notes, outlines, like I, I do like a month's worth of work before I write the first word. So it's mm. like, I'm very much not a by the seat of the pants person at all. And I've never been that way. I'm almost exclusively by the seat of your pants because it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't like rules. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like having a specific structure that I have to follow. I like kind of being able to like bend and mold and do whatever as, as things are going. But when I'm, when I'm writing, it's just not, uh, it's not good for me (laughs) (laughs) because things get a little wonky. And especially because I'm writing, like I said, I'm writing things that have a deadline. It's like, well, if I, if I want to have this done in a reasonable amount of time, I need to know where it's going and what it's doing. So, uh, I just finished, I shouldn't say finished. I'm like 88% done (laughs) with the outline of this next project. Okay. What comes next? Who fucking knows? (laughs) (laughs) Then I actually have to like sit down and write it, which is uh, almost the worst part for me, Mm -hmm. which sounds strange. I'm very much like an ideas person and I'm good at writing jokes and I, I... like to think I'm good at writing scripts, but it really like, (laughs) it makes me crazy. I don't like the process of sitting down to do it. So, um, and it's funny because I was watching, um, this is actually a good talking point. I was watching Pretend It's a City on Mm -hmm. Netflix the other day. Have you seen it? I haven't, no. I actually think you would love it. Do you, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I don't know. How do you feel about Fran Lebowitz? I have no strong feelings either way. Really? Really. I'm surprised because most people have strong feelings either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, I would recommend that you watch it. It's only okay. like seven episodes and they're really not that long. All right. I will say when I was first introduced to Fran Lebowitz, I was not, I was not a big fan. I found her to be like pretentious and snobby and mm-hmm. kind of annoying, but as I got older and realized that like I was not her target demographic, <laughs> then I put it, I put her away for, uh, for years and then came back to her when pretend it's a city came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is a lot more entertaining when you're not 22. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're 22, don't watch pretend it's a city because you won't like it. But if you are 30 plus, mm-hmm. you'll probably love it. Okay. Because Fran Lebowitz, I find to be very witty and funny, and she's very intelligent. I don't think she's without her faults. I don't agree with her on everything, but I think that generally speaking, she is entertaining. And that's what I'll say. But the the place I was going with this is she was there there's video in this series, which by the way, has horrible sound production. <laughs> Just so that we're clear, uh, because I know we had a very lengthy discussion about this in the past. Um, This is produced by Martin Scorsese. And uh, one of the things they do is they include a lot of clips of her doing interviews and things like that. And one of them was a clip of her interviewing Toni Morrison. And she was like, 
I forget exactly what the quote was. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, Fran Lebowitz said something along the lines of, there are people who like to write, and then there are people who do it for a living. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, the second I started getting paid to to write is I stopped enjoying it entirely uh it was essentially what she was getting at and that's kind of how I feel about it it's like if I'm working on a project that has no deadline and it can come out whenever and whatever it's like that is a lot of fun to do because it's like when I'm inspired I just do it but the second someone looks at me and says you like this is timely this is seasonal you have to do this like you you have a deadline bah, 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 bah. you have to get paid to do this thing then all of a sudden it's like i don't want to sit down with it i don't want to look at it i don't want to think about it um but that has been my experience with with writing at least recently do you ever feel that way i mean i've never been paid to write so <laughs> i haven't experienced that yet so i don't know how i'll feel about it hopefully someday when i do mm get that experience um I still love to write it's Mm. my favorite part of the process the sitting down with the I mean I joke all the time about the why isn't this written yet why isn't it written for me but like I do really like the drafting process Mm. I think it's my favorite part I think because it just it feels so good to look down at it at the end of the day and go oh okay there was nothing on this page before and now it's completely full I mean that's fair that's definitely fair. Uh, I feel the same way. I just don't like making it full. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, but it has been it has been quite a week. I did. I like I said. I watched Pretend It's a City. I really enjoyed it. Uh, did you do anything special this week? Uh, no. Like I said, I was in world building mode, so I was like shut off from everything else. Like I barely. I barely moved from my office this week. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely hear you on that. I I had a very busy week. I I hosted last night. Uh, this is we as always are recording on Sunday, so today is the the twelfth. We yet last night I was hosting a bachelorette party in the Southamptons. Yeah, you mentioned that you were going to do that. Yeah, and it was such a crazy experience. First of all, this house was insane. Like, such a crazy, crazy, crazy house. And there was definitely live-in help. Yeah. uh, Who was lovely. She Mm -hmm. was very lovely, the the live-in help there. Um, But it was nuts. And it was also clearly owned by a gay couple. Okay. Like, this, the girl who hosted this bachelorette party clearly had two dads. Okay. And I was like, I was like, all right. So I know I'm walking into, like like safe territory yeah. this isn't going to be some like messy shitty thing i mean i like to think if you hire a drag queen you'd be surprised you'd be like open to the <laughs> fact that there's going to be a drag queen as a drag queen who has been hired <laughs> i can tell you that is not always the case that's upsetting okay but and anyway not in the way that they're like homophobic or that they don't want a drag queen in the house or something like that but it's like sometimes you get hired by straight people well, drag queens get hired by straight people. I can't speak for any other profession because I, I, that's the only one I have. But as a drag queen, I've been hired by like straight people who just seemed to be totally blissfully unaware of like the appropriate, I, I want to say etiquette, but I guess it is etiquette for a drag show Mm -hmm. and it can be it can be very 
disruptive, but this one wasn't terrible. Um, it was crazy though, because something struck me yesterday and I know that like not to get too heavy off the top of the, 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 the conversation. Does that have anything to do with your Facebook post yesterday? It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Obviously, you know, we are now in our 30s. Yeah. Some of us further in than others. Yes. <laughs> two years. Two and a half. Okay. Um, And it, it occurred to me yesterday, I was like, my God, it, it, obviously yesterday, if today is the 12th, was September 11th. It was the 20th, and I hate using this word, uh, the 20th anniversary, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's like an anniversary is like, like a happy thing. A happy thing and <laughs> yeah. this is not a happy thing. No, not at all. Um, and it struck me yesterday that like, I was like, my God, like 20 years later, this date still like gives me pause. It's still, it's like anytime somebody says September 11th, it's like, my God, it still like stops me in my tracks. And I didn't mean it in like, uh, oh my God, like, how am I going to cope? It's like, I still go on with my day. I still do everything I'm supposed to do. But it just struck me and I was like, I wonder if other people feel this way. People our age, who, especially people who grew up in in our proximity to New York City or in New York City, it's like, don't you feel this, almost like this this moment where it's like somebody said, because I, I was putting it in the context of like, I was hired to do that bachelorette party yeah. last night. And it's like, someone was like, can you do my bachelorette party on September 11th? And I was like, on what? Like, don't you know what day it is? It's like, I don't know. I don't want to do a, a bachelorette party on September 11th. But then it's like, but why? It's yeah. been 20 years. It's yeah. like, you know better than to, to feel that way. It's like the world can't stop and 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 constantly be in this like awful kind of like cycle of, oh, we're mourning, we're mourning. But it's like, it was such a momentous thing for, for people of our generation and, and generations above ours. It's like, I, I found it funny that it still strikes me that way. Do you find that it strikes you that way? I am. Um, I I do find that it strikes me that way. Is this is the short way of explaining this? It's like mm. I am. Um, I couldn't like turn on the TV yesterday. Yeah, because it was just wall to wall coverage. I know of the twentieth anniversary, and they were showing footage, and they were showing photographs, and like. I can't see that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's just an instant. It brings you right it's back just, it's into just an that moment. Instantaneous reaction to it. Yeah. And like it's not that I want it's it's not that I'm sitting here going, oh, I should never think about it and it should never be thought about and it's buried and that's it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's more just I understand why people want that day to be just every other day because the alternative is horrifying. I know. But like I don't think it can be like any other day, at least not for me. I can't speak for everybody, but like, I'm never going to live through another September 11th without thinking of the one from 2001. Exactly. And hopefully there won't be. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Many. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to get through that date without thinking of it. And yeah. I think, think that that's true for a lot of people particularly in this area yeah well um, and that's what 
that's what made this so significant to me because I, I posted this on Instagram and this is actually, I'm bringing this up because it is kind of relevant to the discussion of what we're going to be talking about today in a very okay. strange way. <laughs> but um, I posted this on Instagram. I posted mm-hmm. my status and you can, if, if you're interested, you can go to at pissy miles and make sure you follow it. And uh, you can see the post. It's, it's a very simple post. It was just me basically saying, exactly what I just said, which is like, the world shouldn't stop turning, obviously, but like, doesn't it feel like it should? If you if you were there for this, doesn't it feel like, oh my God, every time you hear just these numbers, like yeah. 9-11, it's like, doesn't it feel like, yeah. oh my God, it's like, we're right back in this moment. Do you ever like look at your phone and like the time is 9-11 and have a moment? <laughs> because like, that has happened to me more than once where I looked at it and I go, oh. Like, very rarely. Like, it happens very rarely to me. because Especially because usually at that time of day I'm working. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at my phone. I know, but it is. It's just that combination of numbers. It's yeah, just, it, it's, very, it's very, it's uh, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Visceral. Yeah. Um, But I got a very interesting comment and... I won't say, I, I obviously won't, I mean, you'll be able to track it down if you're following me on Instagram. This younger girl, I'm assuming is about 20 or 21. Yeah. Uh, because she, she said she was only about a year old when it happened. When it happened. Yeah. And literally in the post I had said, I was like, for those of us who are old enough to remember this right. day viscerally, blah, 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 blah. And then I went on with the comment. She was like, well, I was only a year old and I don't remember it that well. And I grew up in Texas, but... And she kind of went on this diatribe about how like it's inappropriate for this news to be like shoved down kids' throats and how like she's been forced to write papers on it and and l- watch videos of it and and see pictures of it and ba 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 and she was like honestly i feel like we all need to just get over it and let it go and ba 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 and i had this really awful reaction to it and i'm glad i didn't respond because right. i i didn't appreciate the comment in the moment right i don't think she's wrong in some ways. I don't like I think it's wrong that because she, obviously she grew up in Texas. She's nowhere near New York City. Yeah. This is a totally different experience for her. This is there's no context. Yeah. And you hear stories like this a lot, not to generalize, but I hear stories about this a lot how like Midwestern towns and 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 things like that have the students like really like dive into 9/11 and and get like really it's this like that like weird patriotism yeah that in the moment of 911 was really important but now kind of feel like when it still happens today it is feels like kind of fake. uncomfortable and weird yeah. and so i appreciate what she was saying as far as that i don't think students should like she said she had been forced to write a paper about like what she would have felt like if she had been in one of the towers that's and a bit far that's too far and it's and that's why I'm saying like I I appreciate what she wrote and I and I'm not saying she's wrong but I think the thing that made me angry and the thing that was jarring to me was a I said for the people who are old enough to remember this and she was not one yeah. of them. And so it's like this is not a post for you. You know 
this is me trying to commiserate with people who sh- had a shared experience with me. And she clearly did not. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, okay, we should be able to separate this. But then on top of it, it was like, it was so dismissive. And I was like, most people who uh, of our generation yeah, who grew up in America, who have not been exposed to many of the other horrors of the world, this was one of the most horrific experiences of our lives. And I'm not saying everyone, I know that everyone has different experiences, but it is arguably one of the scariest things to have happened in our lifetime. The, the scale is It's just massive. Different. It's it's just you had <laughs> it it was a complete loss of innocence mm-hmm. for everybody because like that shit just doesn't happen in America and it never had. It never felt like it had. I mean, the closest it, approximation it, is Pearl Harbor. Yeah. But like But even that was it was happening yeah. during a war and it happened on a military base. Yeah. But like, we've never been invaded. Yeah. We've never been seriously bombed. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, th- it was, we've been bombed, yeah, but it was, it was not like, not, not on that you scale. You know, it wasn't Dresden. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but it just, it was, so it was like this completely new experience because it, this was just a thing that didn't happen here. Yeah. And. I remember I was I was in high school at the time. I was in my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And, like, they didn't tell us what was happening. They, they didn't, didn't tell, tell us me anything. Me either, yeah. Um, I didn't find out that the towers had fallen until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't find out until I got home. Because I was in my... I was in eighth grade. I was in my last year of middle school. And I, they didn't tell us anything was happening. We knew the teachers were, like, upset. Yeah. And... Everyone was like running around and everything was very hectic and they would like come into our classes and they'd be like, does anyone here have parents who work in New York City? And, And, you know, and we were like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) like everybody, because this town is on a major (laughs) railway line to New York. Yeah. And I didn't find out until I got home that day what had happened because I came home and Nanny was watching the news. Yeah. And she was like, uh, and she told us what had happened. And I remember being like horrified and and it was like, well, has anyone talked to dad? Does anyone know where dad is? Yeah. And I believe at that point she had. She had because I believe she called um, our high school to tell them to tell me he was okay. But I never got that message. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> they, they never, never they, told they, you they never told me wrong. that he was fine. Uh, um, but I, I know that she got in touch with him like relatively soon after it happened. Yeah. And that he had told her he was fine because he was nowhere near it. He was uh, he was uptown. Yeah. Um at, at, and that is a good thing. Yes. For us, but um you know, to me the scary thing was like, oh my god, like well you know, it happened twice in New York, once in Washington, yeah. once in Pennsylvania. It's like, well, what else could happen? Yeah. You know, is dad coming home tonight? Yeah. And I remember when dad came home, all of us like rushing out to the driveway to like just hug him because it was like, oh my God, dad's home. (laughs) He made it. And uh, it just struck me, this comment, and I wanted to address it in a, in a, in a, in a, an understanding way because it's like, I understand where people like that are coming from, but 
I don't think it's fair to say this should be dismissed. This should be forgotten because it's like, that's how these things happen again. That's like saying we don't need the Shoah Foundation. We don't need museums. We don't need these. It's like, I I disagree with them having awful assignments given to them. But I, I do think that, you know, there's a reason the slogan of that day has become never, never forget. forget. <laughs> it's like, this is something that we need to constantly be aware of and something I mean, that we need to constantly uh, address, not only in terms of what happened in America that day, but what led up to that day that that became a thing. You know yeah, what I mean? And no. what followed that for 20 years. Yeah. So, Which is absolutely fucking batshit yeah and it's like how could you possibly put the last 20 years into context without understanding how horrible that day was you know what i mean yeah and especially i mean i've heard a lot of arguments that and this is something that i've seen on the internet and i immediately unfollow people who say this shit that 9-11 9-11 is funny because only 3,000 people died and look at how many Afghans have died in the last 20 years. And that is absolutely horrible. I want to be absolutely 100% clear. The civilian casualties of, absolutely. The, of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan are a horror and something that should probably shame our country for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. That being said, these 3,000 people were still murdered. Murdered. <laughs> like, and in a horrific fashion. Yeah. So... No, it's not funny. No, it's not funny. <laughs> and it will never be funny. No, it's it will not be funny. And, you know, I was talking to Lady Bunny about this yesterday. Um, it, it, it's insane to me because she was posting about it today as well. There was a... There have been two people that I've been made aware of. One of them is a Democratic... Uh, candidate for I don't know what she's running for but yeah. she is she's a democrat who's running in Florida and she said basically tweeted that the January 6th uh insurrection, insurrection. was by far more horrific to her than 911 and I was like that's a lot and and she tweeted it on 911 yeah that's a lot and I'm like you know what you can go fuck yourself. And and this is the thing that makes me mad. It's like people constantly, and not to make this another political conversation, and I promise you, I'm this is leading to uh, a transition moment. I promise you. We did not come here just to talk about 9-11. Yeah, like, happy downer. I know. <laughs> it's like, you guys came here for a fun discussion about a weird-ass movie. And I know. It's like, and you're let's like, lead off with 9-11. I know. I feel like Liza Minnelli. I'm like, ever since 9-11... <laughs> Um, it just was one of those moments where it's like we always talk about like electing people and then holding their feet to the fire and blah 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 blah. and it's like this is exactly why you shouldn't because these people are on our side too yeah there are people on our side who say and do stupid ridiculous things and they need to be told when they've done something stupid and ridiculous and this woman definitely did yes um, but all of this is to say, it made me realize uh, w- uh, the secondary horror to me yesterday was that 20 years ago doesn't seem that long ago to me. 
it feels yeah. like yesterday. Yeah. And it was like, wow, September 11th is like an old thing. Yeah. Like this is a thing that <laughs> has officially like aged out of people really thinking about it. Like younger people, if you're under, if you're 20 years or, or younger. Yeah. It's probably like foreign to you. I was um, last night when I was trying to avoid <laughs> watching 9-11 coverage. I'm like, let me turn on the Yankees Mets game, which was a mistake. <laughs> which is a horrible idea. Um, they probably all, they probably had like police officers marching across the field. Well, no, but they were wearing NYPD and FDNY caps, which is something mm. that they did immediately after yeah. um, and have done ever since. But um, I remember sitting there watching it and... This is a thing that has scared me. Nothing makes me feel older than this is the realization that I'm still watching baseball and like almost every player on the field is younger than me. Oh, yeah. Like that terrifies me. I feel that way when I'm watching movies and I'm like, oh, my God, all of these people have millions of dollars and they're 10 years younger than me. I'm like, I want to fucking die. But I realized that there were these guys like and, you know, some of these guys are 21, 22 and Mm -hmm. like. They're wearing FDNY caps on their heads. And I'm like, these guys don't, they, some of them weren't born when this happened. I know. <laughs> like, so they're getting told, okay, here's your FDNY cap for the night. And they're like, okay. But why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, whatever. And like, they were talking to Mike Piazza was in the commentary booth that night. Mm-hmm. And um, he very famously hit a walk-off home run very shortly after this happened. Mm-hmm. And it was a big moment. Um. And he's like practically crying. I know. And these 20 year olds are out there on the field playing a game and they're like, yeah, whatever. It's 9-11. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nobody cares. I, I shouldn't say nobody cares. They they don't have any context. For no, it. they don't. Um, but what what there are two things before I before I move on. I did have like kind of a. Uh, I had a really bizarre experience because, like I said, I was performing in Southampton last night, which is out on the eastern edge of Long Island. And to get home from that part of Long Island, for some reason, my GPS always takes me through downtown Manhattan. Always. (laughs) Always, always, always. And I'm like, why do I take the Belt Parkway to get here, but I always come home through southern Manhattan? Um, And... It didn't occur to me. I was like driving home last night. It was very late. It was like midnight, yeah. I want to say, uh, by the time I was in the vicinity of of Manhattan. And I was looking and I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, there are the most bizarre lights in the yeah. sky. And I was like, I was like, are we being invaded by aliens on September 11th? Is this a thing? And then it dawned on me what it was. And I was like, oh. And then the closer I got to the city, it was like, I could see the lights more distinctly. And then, I mean, when I took 278 uh, over the Williamsburg Bridge onto onto, uh, uh, whatever that is. I I don't know what that street. It's not Canal Street. You would know better than me. I think it's maybe it's Canal Street. I don't know. Whatever that street is that that's right off the Williamsburg Bridge that takes you to the Holland Tunnel. But at that point, you are literally like a couple of blocks away from ground zero. And I had never been that close to the area on 9-11. And it was like I could not stop looking at the lights. It was a very like powerful emotional thing because like I was not driving in the city by the time – the the twin towers were gone so i never realized exactly how close they were to where i constantly am yeah um 
And and it was a very powerful moment. And I remember seeing a lot of NYPD on the streets last night and thinking like, my God, like there was a part of me that felt like for a brief second, I didn't hate a lot of police. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, right. You weren't here. (laughs) Like most of them looked like they were 10. And I was like, you weren't even here then. So I'm, I, I don't really feel anything, but it was a very like sobering experience, but all of this is to say (laughs) half an hour into the episode talking about nine 11. Um, (laughs) All of this is to say there, it was a very sobering experience to feel so detached from the youth <laughs> of today. And I immediately felt that way watching the movie we watched today. Really? I'm surprised you didn't. You really didn't feel that way? Feel detached from the youth? Yes. I uh, I did not know. More in terms of the... More in terms of the production of this movie. it This movie made me feel so old. <laughs> okay. I didn't have that experience. You really didn't feel that way watching no. this movie? No, I didn't. I'm kind of shocked. Okay. And I will tell you exactly why I, I okay. felt old. And it was like constant reminders in this movie constant reminders i thought i i actually had to look up on imdb i was like is james wan like 22 i was like (laughs) why why is none of this making sense to me (laughs) and he's not he's 44 so i know he was around in the 90s but we'll get to that which is a great way of starting off the conversation by saying we are discussing today uh the brand new james wan movie malignant yeah. <laughs> it uh, just came out. It obviously is in 2021. I believe it came out a week or two ago, right? Uh, it came out on the 10th. Of September? Yeah, came out Friday. Oh, oh it just came out. So, uh, spoiler alert, if you have not seen this movie... Uh, and don't it's available li- to watch on HBO Max if you don't want to go to the theater. Yeah, if you don't want to go to the movie theater, it is on HBO Max. I will give you my password. You can watch it at <laughs> home. That is a lie. Don't message me asking me for my password. Um <laughs> I uh, I recommend you go and watch it before you listen to this episode because there will be spoilers of major plot points and events, <laughs> however sparse they may be. Things, <laughs> things happen. There's A dialogue. A lot of things happen. There's there's stuff. So. Uh, yeah, but before we get into the um, the the meat and potatoes of this of this story i will say it is uh it was i i don't even know where to start this <laughs> this movie was conceptualized by james wan and ingrid bisu and the okay. screenplay was written by akella cooper so uh akella we're gonna have some notes for you oh, no. um <laughs> It stars Annabelle Wallace as the main protagonist. It stars Maddie Hassan as her sister. We have George Young as uh, Detective Shaw. And we have uh, Nicole Brianna White as Regina Moss, another police officer. And then a bunch of other people. (laughs) Yeah. 
Generally speaking, this movie is about a woman named Madison who is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these walking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. This description is courtesy of imdb.com. We did not write out a uh, outline an outline for this episode because we literally <laughs> just watched it. Uh David watched it last night, I guess. Yes, and, he watched it last night with Julie. And <laughs> texted me today we were not going to do malignant today. We, we were, were going to do something different. And um he texted me today and he said that we had to watch malignant and do a immediate debrief. So we have not spoken to each other about this film yet. So everything you're hearing <laughs> is the first time Pissy's hearing it from me and the first time I'm hearing it from Pissy. Yeah, this is totally first reactions. We have Raw, not uncut. Raw, <laughs> uncut. It's just like men.com. <laughs> it is raw, uncut. Uh I I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> This was the most bizarre, <laughs> odd, unexpected, <laughs> truly mind-boggling movie I have seen in quite some time. I, Like I said earlier, I have seen a lot of weird movies. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Attack of the Killer Donuts. And this movie was by far... The most like, <laughs> what the fuck did someone put in James Wan's Diet Coke that this is what we got? This is going to be like a Tim Curry. This was, I imagine that this is the world that the Grand Wizard from the, uh, worst witch. Wor- the Worst Witch lives in permanently. <laughs> Anything really can they happen. in the same universe. It's yeah. Not, this is the same universe as the worst witch. <laughs> this is the same universe. Weird green screens, crazy CGI, and a lot of unexpected twists and turns. Um, let's start with some general thoughts. Okay. What were your general thoughts on this movie? I'm, I'm going to put all of my cards on the table immediately. <laughs> Sam is like, um, I fold. This is... <laughs> I want to make something very clear before I say how I felt about it. This is not a good movie. <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you how much I loved this movie, but it is not in any way a good film. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is... There is nothing good about it. No, literally really, not a thing. I cannot. Uh, the cinematography was kind of interesting, and it's, the, it's yes. that James Wan yes. camera tricks, which are all always fun, and I really did enjoy that. Um, but like everything from the dialogue to the story <laughs> to the wig, the wig. The, <laughs> her, the wi- wig. her wig is terrible. It really is. Like David had said it to me, and I hadn't really thought much of it. And then watching it today, I'm like, no, the wig is terrible. The wig is horrible. <laughs> And I understand why it's horrible because it's kind of a plot point. It is a like, plot point. And <laughs> the wig in is a plot so point. many ways. First of all, I was like, this bitch, because, uh, you know, obviously later in the movie, uh, we're just jumping right in. Yeah, we're, we're not, just. <laughs> please understand, we are not going to give you context no, for any of our discussion. No, absolutely no warning on anything. <laughs> yeah, this is the most, uh, unless you have seen the movie, you will not understand this conversation because we're not going to break things down. I'm just going to jump right in. 
this woman's hair. She, she hasn't changed her hair in 30, 30 years. years. I was like, I was like, this bitch still has the same, same hair that she had when she was eight. I was like, well, oh, could you imagine being her hairstylist? Like, what did you have for lunch? Oh, my God. There's a face on your head. And not where it's supposed to be. Why? She was literally Lord Voldemort. No, she was <laughs> Professor Quarreling. I'm surprised she didn't have a turban. I was like, Maddie, how did this happen? I just when they finally did the reveal. <laughs> Find the stone. <laughs> She's like talking and she's like, she's like, Gabriel's not happy. And then the camera pans a little bit to the left and she's got a munchkin on her head. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I literally was sitting there and I I felt like, what's his name in Trick or Treat? I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I was like, this is the most bizarre and it has the like arms yeah and i was like what? It has Be- little t-rex arms it's great i know there are so many jurassic park references in this movie it kind of the- looked like the baby velociraptor <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> like what species is this <laughs> that's a vel- that's a velociraptor <laughs> i kept expecting bd wong to walk in and- <laughs> I I did not know how to cope with Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel is something else. That I don't know who did the creature design. <laughs> but like holy crap. Because he's what how did they describe him? He's an impacted twin. He's, he's a he's a teratoma? He was, I, think well, that's he was the a word. I was like, that's a fucking hell of a teratoma. A I was like, it's sentient. It's not a tumor. <laughs> That was the thing. They kept describing that. She's like, we have yeah. to cut out the cancer. And, and all, I'm I, like, could, all I could think of is my big fat Greek wedding. The entire. <laughs> <laughs> it had teeth and a spinal column. Yes. <laughs> it was my, my tweet. <laughs> Why wasn't Maddie played by Andrea Martin? This would know. have been an infinitely better movie. And the thing that I- I'm surprised I didn't see it coming because there was a certain point early on yeah. where I was like, it is very clearly her doing yeah. this. But I couldn't figure out why she, it looked like she was running and doing things backwards. <clears throat> and I was like, excuse me, but why? <laughs> I was like, but why is she doing this? I yeah, don't understand. They, they never quite explained the super strength or her parkour skills. I know. <laughs> like- like, did Gabriel come from the Matrix? Why? Why is he so like? All of a sudden, he's like, like, it's like Kill Bill. Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, but like, especially the part where she's like going, going down the fucking fire escape and like, and like running through the tunnels, and she's just like, she is full on parkouring. Parkour, like, 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 it's just, it's insane to watch. 
I will <laughs> sell. I will say, one of my favorite moments occurred during the fire escape scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know which one. <laughs> I literally was like, "This is the most bizarre." Because Detective Coco, what's his name? <laughs> Detective Shaw. Shaw. Kakoa. I almost said Kakoa Shaw. Kakoa Shaw is following. Gabriel, quote yeah, unquote, quote unquote, Gabriel, also known as Maddie, running, running like fucking yeah. Reagan down <laughs> down a fire escape, is trying to catch up with her and sees her like jumping ledge to ledge down the yeah. fire escape and is like, well, I have to catch up. So he's like four stories up and he's like, he's like, I gotta be out of my mind and then jumps face first <laughs> onto <laughs> a, a dumpster. dumpster. I was like, I was like. You're not Michael Phelps. What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> and that's the thing. It really is. He goes face first. It's like <laughs> I wanted. It's to, like, I expected there to be a gong sound. I, it, like he hits the he hits the dumpster. It's like it's gong. Like, like this is how Mary Catherine Gallagher would have made. It's like watching Looney Tunes. He's Daffy Duck. He just jumped face first into the ground. And it's like, but then he like. He bounces and then he rolls <laughs> off onto the street. And I was like, girl, like, <laughs> how about your feet? I was like, did you know Or even like you? your ass. Like, 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 like just any way other than the way you did it. Than like, your face. Because it's like, what do they teach you in cop school? I was like, all they teach you is how to like shoot and attack. I was like, no one taught you when you jump to not land on, on the front face. side of your body. Like... This is that's not how this like, works. That's, that's just like it's instinct not to do that. Like, like, Unless you're a toddler. Like a chimpanzee doesn't just dive face first off of, like even squirrels <laughs> know better than to land on their face. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, no, that that was that was extra. That was a lot. But of course the big because we were i was getting text messages last night from not only david but from our friends robert and daniel the hosts of uh grizzly kiki our our favorites the ones who inspired our our tag at the end of our show were texting me and they were like have you watched malignant yet have you watched malignant <laughs> yet and i was like no i haven't watched it i was like i promise i'm going to <clears throat> and they were like there is definitely a huge plot twist. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, so it's like an M. Night Shyamalan thing. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. I no, would not call not. this M. Night Shyamalan. It's, it's not an M. Night Shyamalan twist. Even M. Night knew better it's than like, to do this. It's a corkscrew. It's not even, it's not one twist. It's a series. Like, yeah. Like, this is just a series I, of b- bizarre events. I just, like, first of all, like I had, I had guessed that she was the patient in the beginning of the, the and we're gonna have mm-hmm. to talk about the prologue to this movie. Oh yes, we are. Um, but <laughs> like a lot of the sort of middle middle film, um, mystery element of this movie is not terribly mysterious. You're gonna guess what's going on. For the most part, I mean, 
There was some stuff I didn't see. like. The fact that Gabriel was a sentient being on the back of her head well, did no, not I occur to me. But I would argue that's not a middle reveal. I think that's a third act reveal. Yeah, that's that's definitely a third act reveal. But most of the middle, it's like because at first I was like, at first you're not sure if it's a spirit or what's going on, yeah. and so it's like, at first I was like, well, is the baby the spirit? Like I thought maybe she had like birthed malignancy. Mm-hmm. Because right after the whole thing happens with her husband, Dwight, or whatever his fucking uh, name is. Derek, I think. Derek. Uh, who knows? It was some... It doesn't matter. Generic white dude who abuses his wife. Name. Name. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, he got what he deserved pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, because right after that, the baby disappears. And it looks yeah. as though she has never been pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that James Wan has ever met a woman who had a miscarriage. Or um, a baby in general. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's like she is heavily pregnant and then she is just not. Just not. Just not. It like I was like, did they reach in and grab it? I was like, where, <laughs> where did the baby go? She's not even swollen. Like, that's kind of the thing. And like for the rest of the film, she is like wayfish. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, like, damn, she got rid of that baby weight quick. Like And it wasn't even like that. It was like the next day she's yeah. up and walking. It's like at that point in her pre- she was showing. She was well into her second trimester at least. Yeah. And so it's like <clears throat> at that point, if you are unfortunate enough to have a miscarriage, yeah. you are going to have to birth something. Yeah. Like that's just a fact. And it's like the next day she puts her panties on and goes home and it's and it's like nothing ever fucking happened. I was like, did they suck it out through her belly button? How did this baby get out of here? Yeah, no, it was um she would have been <clears throat> sore. Yeah, at least. Um I was kind of surprised when the sister had to tell her <laughs> When she wasn't like, like God, my <laughs> pussy hurts. Well, even just like apparently in this universe, when she looked down and was like, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. There's nothing there. Um, I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. that she had no inkling at all. Also, like, miscarriages are, and I apologize to anybody who is listening to this who is like, not enjoying this part of the conversation. But... <laughs> But um, they're messy. Yeah, and like, it's really not like, a good. It's yeah. a very unpleasant experience. Yeah, for in and, in and, many more ways than it, this, and but, an incredibly sad experience. But like, but that's what I mean. It's like yeah. it's a horrible experience all around. But just generally speaking, from a physical it's, it's standpoint, unpleasant. it is terribly unpleasant. Yeah, not that I would know because <laughs> I've never had one. But apparently, I know a little bit better than James Wan. <laughs> Or at the yeah. very least, I know better than Akella Cooper uh, because th- it is just bizarre. Also, um, CST Winnie, yeah. the the woman who is like the evidence yeah, woman. The CSI girl, yeah. Yeah, that is Ingrid Bisu. Oh, okay. One of the c- conceptual- Con- c- conceptors. What's, what's it called? Conceptualizer? I guess conceptualizer. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Uh, well, that's the word for her. Okay. She is one of the conceptualizers of this movie. Um, yeah, it. The whole thing with the pregnancy was absolutely bizarre. Um, my, <laughs> I have a lot of notes about the beginning of this movie because it was it was very <laughs> it was so strange. First of all, let's let's start at the top. 
Yeah, let's let's start in the very beginning. <clears throat> it's 1993. Yes. This woman is making a video record yes. of of her in the Adams family mansion. In the Adams family mansion, where apparently they have uh, a, a hospital. hospital. Yeah. The, because you can't have a hospital in 1993 and not have it be horrifying. I suppose. Yeah, it looks like if you if you saw the remake of the House on Haunted Hill, it looks a lot like that. Yeah, very very similar, and so. She, she tapes uh, Dr. Weaver yeah. uh, tapes this like discussion about what's going on and then we go into Jurassic Park where like the lights start <coughs> flashing and yeah. apparently Gabriel's having an episode Yeah, and uh, one of the like security guards ends up opening the door to Gabriel's room and gets pulled in by the arm Yeah, and I was and like, I was like- Shoot her! <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, I was like, where is fucking uh, what's his name when you need Muldoon. him? Muldoon. I was like, where is Muldoon when you need him? I was just waiting for some fucker to walk out there and go, "It's okay, Muldoon tranquilized her for me." <laughs> like, like, especially when he pulled out the fucking feathered dart. I know. Like, <laughs> it was great. So fucking bizarre. And then what's her name? Weaver goes yeah. in and she's like. Uh, we're going to cut out the cancer once and for all, or whatever the fuck she yeah. says. It's time to cut out the cancer. It's time to cut because out because she's also the British. Yeah, for for no reason at all. Yeah. <clears throat> also, she answers the phone like Olivia Hussey. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> who, who is who this? is this? Well, Hello. It, it wasn't just yeah. the fact that she's Olivia Hussey. It's like there's only one person in your life who has ever spoken to you through the radio. Yeah. And they're doing it through the phone. Yeah. So and when she's like, "Who is this?" I'm like, "Who the." Could Do it you be? think it is? I was is. like, it's not Ghostface, so maybe it's Gabriel. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck else calls you like it's this? Like it doesn't sound like Roger Gore. <laughs> Tim? No, it's not Tim. <laughs> it's Gabriel, you stupid asshole. Like, even 30 years later, you'd think she'd recognize the horrific voice that came through the yeah, radio. For real. Like, it was just it was bizarre. And again, one of my I don't want to say my biggest criticisms, but one of the things that makes this a bad movie. Yeah. Because I still can't tell if I like it or not. Okay. I know, I want desperately to like it, but it is... The execution of this movie <laughs> is horrific. <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely horrific. Everything from... Because one of my notes was like, Okay, James Wan has totally given up on storytelling and is <laughs> purely looking at this from a cinematography standpoint. Because you get those amazing shots like her running through the house yeah. and the, the and above the shot looking yeah. down. Amazing. L- really, or really amazing. Or when he turns his head and like the camera follows it in a weird way. It's, it's like I can't really describe the shot very well. It's that weird but- pan that is a very James Wan. Yeah, it's a very James Wan move. Like, this is very clearly a James Wan movie when you're watching it. Yeah. Like, like this is... Which is funny because he didn't direct it. Is it really? He didn't direct he didn't it. Direct he was. It. He only wrote the story. Who uh, directed it? Oh, he did direct it. I was going to say, oh. I'm like... I was, I was thinking... I'm like, then someone's Kelly... doing a really good <laughs> James Wan impersonation. I was thinking... Like... <laughs> I, I was very... I, was, I confused myself because Akella Cooper is the screenplay writer and I was thinking that Akella was the director. No. But James Wan did direct this. And yeah. I was like... James has just totally given up on any kind of like storytelling. It is just about the cinematography at this point because this script was nonsense. And 
I can't tell if I like that or not. I, um, immediately after watching this, I went downstairs with Sarah to have a cigarette and, um, the only thing I can think, and this was, this was the first thing I thought about this movie, the first coherent thought I had was, this is like a B movie. Yeah. Like, this is like- It is a B movie. Like, this is a modern B movie and it's hilariously bad, but it's still very enjoyable. Like, yeah. like especially the, that opening sequence with the cut out the cancer and all the other crap. Like, the dialogue in that scene is so bad. Yeah. It's like- and even the tone, like, the quality, it, the whole movie feels like a bizarre soap opera. Yeah. Like, uh, at the end when she's like, we share the same brain. I was like, <laughs> I was, it made me feel like yeah, I was brain watching. Clusters. I just was going to say that. I was watching 28 weeks because he was like, oh no, the tiny clusters of tumors in my brain. And I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm watching uh whatever the soap opera no, was. She's like, we share the same brain. And then she's talking to her sister and she's like, and I've always wanted a blood connection, but blood or not, you are always my sister. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this dialogue? I know. Like, <laughs> and I I I wanted her to be like, blood or not, we will always be cis. Like, it's just like, it, it's such, it's vomit inducing dialogue. It's so cheesy. It's like, it's blue cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even good cheese. Yeah, it's not like, this is not like a fine aged cheddar. This is blue cheese <laughs> this right out of the This is blue cheese that has been sitting out for several days. Yeah, possibly coated in mayonnaise. Coated like, in mayonnaise. <laughs> and has... Several hairs that were, were not, not there that were born of the cheese. <laughs> These are hairs that grew out of shit. Like someone planted a raisinette in the 60s and watered it with milk. <laughs> like, watered it with milk. I can't, I can't take credit for that joke. That's a Chris Fleming joke. Oh, I was <laughs> But, um, but no, it's one of my favorite quotes from Gail, the the YouTube series. If you've never mm. watched Gail, please go watch it because it's hilarious. But um, it's it's my favorite joke ever from that. Yeah, and I finally found a way to work it. <laughs> this this movie, it just like so much of it just makes zero sense. The first, I one of my notes in the beginning was, uh, this. I would, if I didn't know better, I would have turned this movie off in the first three minutes. Because I was like, this is ludicrous. It is absolutely ridiculous. First, you get Dr. Weaver, who's out of her fucking mind and like bizarre. And why is she tape recording herself in 1993? It's like they didn't have webcams, which, by the way, comes up again later because he finds a book filled with USB drives. And I'm like, "Uh, hello, this was 1992. (laughs) The USB didn't. And I looked this up because I was like, there were not flash drives in 1992 and then i was like were there and i was just an idiot and it's like the usb drive didn't come out until the year 2000 this wouldn't have existed i was like and 
she brings home these VHS tapes and just pops them in the VSR, V8, uh, the, the VCR, VCR. That she has out and ready to go. And I was like, where did this bitch get a VCR? The the technology in this movie. And the TV looks like it's from the 60s. The TV is from the 60s. <laughs> Maddie has a fucking old timey radio that she apparently yeah. listens to every night before bed. I'm like, how old are these people? Why is this movie bizarrely timeless? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then you get the other fucking doctor. I don't remember his his um, name doctor uh, doctor fields i think yeah i think it's doctor doctor fields. fields and i was like <laughs> first of all is a is a big old queen i was like the gayest fucking doctor <laughs> in the night in 1992 <laughs> he's running around with both wrists yeah. limp, like trotting <laughs> like he's in best in show i was like i was like why is doctor fields played by cam from modern family <laughs> It was the most bizarre thing. When he died, I was like, oh no, Cam's going to get murdered with a pashmina. Like, because he was in his own fucking closet. Yeah. I was like, she's going to strangle him with a scarf. Uh, also, the window is open. There's water coming in. There's leading clearly to the footsteps from the water leading into your closet. And you just go in and A, take your own suit jacket. <laughs> Put it on the floor and proceed to mop up the water with your foot and your suit jacket. <laughs> and then you just hang the suit jacket back up again. Yeah. Like, that was the most bizarre thing in this. Like, this is a movie full of bizarre moments. And yeah. that one stuck out to me because I'm like, who the fuck takes a clean suit jacket and uses it to mop up dirty rainwater and then is like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. Like, the, there's fucking footprints, but everything's fine. The window was closed before, somehow opened itself and walked into your closet. You wiped up the water with your suit jacket, turned off the light, and went to bed. And I was like, <laughs> you deserve to die. You deserve this. Even if you hadn't been a weird, like, psycho-experimentation doctor in the 90s, like, you would deserve to die just for this. Just for this moment. And... On top of it, I was like, Maddie deserves to go too. I was like, this bitch is fucking wild. She comes home after a home invasion where she was attacked and and lost her husband and her baby and goes upstairs and leaves every door open. Yeah. I was like, bitch, what are you doing? I was like, every dumb bitch in this movie is a dumb bitch. Every damn dumb bitch. I was like, I was like, Kakoa's a dumb bitch. I was like, Sydney's a dumb bitch. And by the way, her name is Sydney, the sister. Yeah. And Maddie is the dumbest bitch of dumb bitches. She is the, <laughs> the queen of the dumb bitches. <laughs> Everyone in this movie is a she dumb is bitch. The HDBIC. HDBIC. <laughs> and then head dumb bitch in charge. The best part is she's a fucking nurse. She comes home in scrubs. Yeah, she and, does. And it's like, has no concept of how to care for anyone or anything. And, and also has like a recurring head wound that she just never gets checked out. That's what I was like. She's constantly bitch. bleeding onto her pillow in, in <laughs> the middle of the night and getting up and going, oh, ow, I know. I was that like, sucks. I was like, one of my notes was, this bitch is not haunted. She just has a fucking concussion because <laughs> she literally goes, she has a, a, like a, neuro, a neurological issue because she got first of all thank god she took that tylenol before she got thrown into the fucking yeah. wall and then she's like oh better lay down for a minute i'm like girl you're a medical professional <laughs> you just got thrown into a fucking wall like you know and also you've already seen that there's blood i know so why the fuck so like, <laughs> maybe we go to the hospital like right 
right? So dumb. I was like, I was like, this dumb bitch. How did it? It was the most bizarre because I was like, she literally came home in scrubs, and you're gonna tell me that this idiot felt the back of her head and was like, oh no, maybe she has a dental hygienist. (laughs) (laughs) She's a vet tech. She's a a janitor. She just works in a hospital. Um. Because I was like, who the fuck would be like, wow, my head hurts. Better lay down for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most bizarre moment to me. I was like. I mean, I would imagine if you have a concussion, you you would probably want a little sleepy time. But <laughs> on the same note, like if you are a person who wears scrubs to work, you would imagine that you would know that the sleepy time is a bad idea yeah. if you're concussed. It was like so, it was like I was watching Tobias on Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> when he's like, okay, just don't let me fall asleep. <laughs> and then everyone just lets him go to sleep. I was like, this is Maddie. Maddie is literally Tobias. Um But only as Mrs. Featherbottom. This <laughs> <laughs> magical living. Oh, oh. We shan't be telling your mother about this, shan't we? <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, I I was like, I, the whole head injury thing was, in my opinion, I knew it was going to be a catalyst for something because it kept yeah. coming up. But it was like, I really did suspect, because I knew there was going to be a twist because I had been told there was a twist. I was like, is the twist that like, all of this is like some concussion dream weird thing because I was like, this woman keeps getting hit in the head. I was like, she keeps getting hurt and bleeding and like thrown across the room. I was like, she's like a linebacker. She's like, you know, I just keep going out and giving it 110%. And my God, grapes are pretty. It's like, she just, I was like, this woman clearly has a neurological issue. Oh my God. And then it turns out the neurological issue is the face in her brain. Also the face that continues to like, recede into her head every time because like when she's in the holding cell and we finally see the big reveal like yeah. this is like the big the big reveal and she pulls her fucking head apart <laughs> <laughs> like a goddamn bear trap and this face comes out and I'm like so wait a minute has he been just like every time he kills somebody he just kind of like he just like, he just crowns like <laughs> And then just goes back in and, yeah. like, pushes the hair in front of himself hastily and then, <laughs> and then gives her back control. Oh, no. Like, someone's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Brushes the hair back over the back of the head. This is him with a scrunchie, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Every time she gets a haircut, he's like, don't you tell don't anyone. You he just makes it. He just like he looks at the barber and just does like the the finger across the throat, like. But, but yeah, no. When you see the big reveal in this, and, and she pulls her fucking head apart, and like I can't get over that that statement when she pulls her head apart, like. And I kind of wish he still had the arms. The I kind of wish he still had the arms too, to be perfectly frank. Because I felt like it was missing. It was missing something. And I think it was tiny T-Rex arms. Tiny T-Rex <laughs> arms. He's like the baby T-Rex. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> The 
There's so many Jurassic Park references in this movie. I know. Bizarrely. <laughs> Bizarrely. This is, no... this is actually Jurassic World 3. This is, like, <laughs> this is a this... better Jurassic Park sequel than Jurassic World 2. This was directed by James Wan and produced by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> and this is what we got? <laughs> It's like, wow, the dementia has set in. Everyone is officially too old to produce their own series anymore. <laughs> Nobody brushes the hair away from the face and it's just like, <laughs> I can't even, like, I don't even know where I was going with this. It's just every woman in that holding cell says the same thing at the same time, which is what the fuck? I know. And I'm sitting here going like, I hear you. I'm right there fucking with you. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the white bitch just starts throwing people yeah. at her. She's like, try this one. How about this? Do you like T? Do you like F? <clears throat> then she just starts throwing random. And it's like, bitch, how about you fucking don't go one at a time? I was like, this is not a samurai movie. Everybody go well, at once. It did kind of turn into Kill Bill there for a minute. It uh, Well, and that was the other thing. I was like, why did this suddenly turn into a fucking showdown at the end where she uh, Gabriel came out of the Matrix and turned into fucking, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name in Kill Bill. Oh, fuck. Isn't it just the bride? It's the bride, but she reveals her name at a certain point. I, I don't know. I, it's a it's a weird one. It's like yeah. Uh, it's like oh, that's her name. Uh, <laughs> Beatrix. Beatrice. Oh, okay. I was gonna right? say someone's already angrily typing. How I know. Could, how could you possibly not know the bride's name from the Kill Bill? It's like Beatrice. I think it's something like okay. that. Uh, God, now I have to look it up. But yeah, no, but... Th- that whole section of the movie it like strangely turns into an action movie and. Yeah. She must have the most lithe arms like for because real. they bend in ways that like are not really human? human or possible. Yeah, no, it's completely fucked. But like the whole scene in the in the police precinct where he's just murdering everybody and it's just he's he's got this knife and it's just it's a kung fu movie. It's like, it's like like everyone is firing shots at him. Nobody hits him. Like, he's just bending around like fucking Neo, running around like, I know, running around like George of the fucking jungle, climbing (laughs) shit, and like just murdering everybody. So I have no idea how the face in her head got kung fu lessons. I don't know either. But he is clearly a fucking black belt. And then she, at the end, she's like, the strength, it was always my body. body. It was always my strength. And it's like, well, then why aren't you a fucking superhero? Yeah, I don't like, understand. The, it is the most bizarre. It's Beatrix Kiddo, okay. by the way. Kiddo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's her, that's her last <laughs> okay. name. Beatrix Kiddo. All right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was... The the end of this movie was I I don't really even know how to process it because everything happens so fast. I'm like the the first half of this movie feels like a completely different movie. It really does. And it it was like the dialogue was bad and that kind of thing. The the scares weren't that bad. The scares weren't bad like, at all. It was I, in very my opinion, no James real... Wan-ish like it felt it felt like a James Wan movie and it was good in places. Yeah, but I will say a lot of people said the jump scares were good. I there were moments of tension <laughs> and those scares were actually better, but the jump scares were surprisingly ineffective for me. Yeah, I didn't have as hard a time with them. And I'm usually like a sucker for a James Wan jump scare. Me too. 
Like, Insidious scared the shit out of me the Agreed. first time I saw it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, in this one, it was kind of like, oh, it's going to be behind him. Yeah, and it and was. It, and it was. And I mean, I mean, to be perfectly fair, that is a James Wan trick. So it's one of those things you can only do it so many times before I'm like, okay, it's going to be behind him. I know. And it's like, but all like, right, well, maybe now it's time to, like... I was not expecting the above him. That threw me for a loop. I didn't jump, yeah. but, like... It, wait, wait, above who? Um... <clears throat> the the woman in the in the tunnel oh above the mother yeah above the, the mother, mother. <laughs> <laughs> the mother we're sorry you're not getting any context i know for that, that, joke. that that joke will, will only make sense to us and you're just gonna have <laughs> and, to deal and with it three other people on the planet <laughs> <laughs> the mother the mother but, but yeah, um, no. i think her name is selena it is right? selena. selena selena may selena may yeah but who i actually liked that actress i did like, too i i liked her as a character i i the ending again kind of ruined her for me a little bit first of all she aged like 30 years in that coma <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and second of all when she's like Gabriel, I just need you to forgive me. I never should have given you away. It's like, bitch, you did the exact right thing. First of all, apparently you were 15 and a rape victim. <laughs> and B, you birthed this fucking, you birthed Voldemort. <laughs> like, you like, birthed a apparently sentient tumor. you're from Texas. I know. She's but like, like, I should have loved you the way you were. I'm like, you should have you killed should her not. with your bare hands. Like, no, that you get raid for that. Okay, like, that isn't. You get an aerosol can and a match. Like, that is I not. I would have thrown both of them in a river. <laughs> I would have been like, let the let the earth take you. <laughs> yeah, like, You're just find an old a well. school witch burning. Just yeah. like find a well and Samara this bitch. Just <laughs> fucking get rid of it. And it's just like, <clears throat> oh my god, it was just so bad. And like, but but yeah, no, the the up top scare like was the only one where I was kind of like, ooh, okay. Yeah, it was a bit unexpected. Although, and I I want to ask, I don't know if you actually know the answer to this. Yeah. But is the Seattle underground a real thing? Um, I don't know. I, I would imagine like- it probably is. Because I was like, I, I forget what I wrote about it, but I was like, is there is I was like, is there really an evil sewer underneath <laughs> underneath Seattle? Seattle. I, I don't remember what I said. Um, huh. According to Wikipedia. So take this with a grain of salt. It is Wikipedia, but I'm assuming it is somewhat accurate. The Seattle Underground is a network of underground passageways and basements in the Pioneer Square neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, United States. They were located at ground level when the city was built in the mid-19th century, but fell into disuse after the streets were elevated. In recent decades, they have become a tourist attraction with guided tours taking place around the area. Huh. How bizarre. I <clears throat> really want to go now. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. I would love to. I wish there were more uh, evil sewers in the also, United States. Also, I remember when, like, <laughs> when she was doing the tour and everything else, like, I remember sitting there thinking, like, that's a fucking cool job. Like, you probably don't get paid shit, but, like, that's a pretty fucking cool job. Yes. But I would not want to do it on my own. Like, that's, I would. That's fair. I wouldn't want to be down, especially because it's like, then you find those old like carriages and shit when, yeah. when what's his name? Kiko or Parkour, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kakoa. Uh, 
when Kakoa is, is downstairs and it's like, uh, uh, was I the only one wondering if he was going to find like Jack and Rose? I did the same thing. I'm like, it's the Titanic car. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a handprint, a handprint on, this, <laughs> on the back of this car? <laughs> and I kind of wanted him to like open the thing and, yeah. uh, and Voldemort was inside just like making out with himself <laughs> because apparently there, there were enough people in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How nice though. She's never alone. Yeah, sh- yeah. Sh- I-, I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> I I do have one note that I'm looking at here on my sheet that I literally don't have a way of incorporating without being like, this is just a funny note. Okay. There's one part when she's doing the the part with the psychic to try and figure out about Gabriel because yeah. we have to go back and like look at the videos and all that shit. The psychic, or or I guess the medium, not the medium, whoever it is, the, the uh, psychotherapist, the psychotherapist, yeah, uh, like puts her in a trance and she's like, "We're gonna turn back the hands of time." And I was like, "You know, somewhere, sure is like, thank God, I've been trying for years." Like, <laughs> don't you think she showed up and she was like, "Gabriel, I did the same fucking thing." <laughs> Gabriel, I need you to talk to my son Chaz. Chazzy, come talk to Gabriel. We're turning back time. <laughs> that was I don't I have it's no fine. context no, for that. No, need, it's just you don't it's, need context. It's just share. Also, like, that was the most that was the strangest hypnotized scene that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know, she's, she's like, just, I'm gonna tap on your just, head three times. She's just screaming and, it's like, <laughs> and shaking, and like her sister's sitting there, like shaking her, and like no, no go. But like this bitch walks up and goes, "And you're back with us," <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally what she says. She, and you're back with us, and tap, like tap, taps, tap. taps her on the head, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh shit." She's like, "Like oh, did anyone else feel that?" I know. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> And then her mother falls through the ceiling, which might have been the funniest <laughs> for no reason. For no She's reason. just like apparently got the most unstable attic, which by the which way she was like stomping around in in her fucking huge G- Gabriel boots. I know, not, like ten minutes ago. And one of my first notes in this in the entire movie was, uh, "This house is beautiful, it is. and this dumb bitch should be prosecuted because it's always these people." always have these like beautiful old houses and just watch them fall into disrepair. And it's like, paint something. Can't like (laughs) dust the stairs, do something. And then it's like, of course she fell through the fucking floor because you have not taken care of this house at all. You dumb bitch. I swear (laughs) to God, it made me so mad. I was like, why did, oh God, I'm imploding. Why do these people always end up with the most beautiful old houses? I don't know. It's just a horror movie thing. It's also, especially, um, again, kind of a James Wan thing. He likes he likes the big old house. I mean, we all <laughs> do. That said, it's like, couldn't someone have a beautiful old house that was like well taken care of? You would you would think it doesn't like old houses like that are creepy even in good condition. Yeah, that's why I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad that I'm sitting here going like, oh, this is this episode's going really well. It's a shame we spent the first half hour on 9-11. <laughs> like, like, this is a really the funny movie. Of, the return of Liza. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. 9-11. Um, yeah. Everybody I, turned this off at the 20-minute mark. <laughs> like, I can't take this anymore. No, but... um. Yeah, no, this movie was fucking bizarre. I would recommend it to, like, everybody I know. 
every, I want everyone to see this. Everyone should see this <laughs> just to experience it. It's like it's like chlamydia. Everyone should have it once. You think? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone deserves chlamydia. I think chlamydia I'm okay once. without that experience. <laughs> just to I be think able I'll to say, pass you know, when you that. go, when you when you die and you get your report card, everyone should have chlamydia. <laughs> I feel like there's a special place on the report card for did not get chlamydia. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a less and, significant part. Of and the I'm going to be card. very happy to have that box checked off. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, okay. I'll let you have it. Thank Am you. I missing anything before we before we move on from this there's, movie? There's just so much. Like, I don't even know. Like, we could have done, like, we could do three episodes on this movie and I think not hit everything. Like, uh, Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there are things we're missing. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin on getting to them. Yeah. So I'm just no, gonna. I, I think we're good. But like... yeah, before we go, we do have a couple of listener questions. Yeah. As always, uh, these these were submitted by uh fans in the fan group and by people who uh are able to submit their questions on Patreon. So if you would like to submit a question, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/MySpookyGayFamily. Our first question was from Michael Blanco. Michael said, Hi, Sam and Pissy. I'm sending this as a message to help avoid spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. Too late now. <laughs> first things first, I enjoyed the film. It was a fun ride from beginning to end. I was a little thrown off in the beginning due to some cheesy acting, most notably when the doctor says it's time to cut the cancer out. I felt was delivered in an over-the-top way, and I chuckled. The first two acts of the film were uh, the good James Wan spooky stuff. So many good creepy moments. My favorite creepy scary moment was when the husband turned on the lights after seeing Gabriel sitting and then seeing the couch cushion refluffed slash reinflated. I literally said out loud, nope. <laughs> <laughs> then the third act turned into the cra this crazy kung fu killer action movie out of nowhere. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Crazy but good. Then I felt the ending speech to her sister after locking Gabriel away was also a little cheesy. Overall, I like this movie, but I feel like maybe this was two different ideas mashed into one and on the whole. One I was on the front side of the head, one was on the other yeah, side. Yeah, basically. <laughs> And on the whole, I don't think it works, but I still enjoyed it and had fun watching it. Love you guys, Michael. Michael, we agree a hundred percent on basically yeah, everything. On basically everything. Uh, I think I think we covered all yeah. of that in the context of the film. Yeah. We have another message from uh, Beza Ozer. Hello, Beza. I loved it. <laughs> Spooky <laughs> and campy, and it felt like a love letter to the spooky gaze. I understand why some people don't feel that way, and that's okay too, but sometimes I just want to be left speechless and have a good time. I think overall Juan succeeded with that. My question is more of an overall one, and it's about the constant issue in the horror community about strong opinions and ways of expressing them, especially online. Is it enough to say, like what you like anymore? <clears throat> is it enough to say, like what you like? Anymore. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> for helping my brain. Uh, apparently, Gabriel was taking over mine. <laughs> Is it enough to say like what you like anymore without people getting riled up and having unproductive discussions slash arguments about these kinds of movies? It's just something I've been thinking about on my own, and I'm curious what Pissy and Sam think. Thank you, David. <laughs> uh, I'll let you take this one because I I think you and I have 
talked about this before, and I think you have the best answer for this. Okay, I hope I give the same one that I've given in the past. Um, I'm sure you will. (laughs) No, I I think that everybody deserves to like what they like. Mm -hmm. I think everybody deserves to have a good time with whatever media they choose they choose to indulge in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's my place to tell someone else that they shouldn't like something. I think there are objectively bad things in yeah. the world. But for the most part, no. Like what you like should be what everybody says. Yeah, I agree. I Unfortunately, it's not. And, you know, we talk a lot of, on here. It's a podcast. This is all about us saying our opinions and we say we joke around and say things like you should feel bad if you feel this way you should feel bad if you like this thing but we're kidding that's not actually how we feel ever well almost ever (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i agree with you 100 percent. everyone is entitled to their opinion especially about something as trivial as horror movies it's like it doesn't matter if it's good or bad if you like it you can like it if you don't like it you don't have to like it I do think there's something to be said for recognizing when something is bad, but knowing that you like it anyway. Yeah, which is kind of how I felt with this one, which is one of the reasons why, again, I don't make fun of people for liking what they like, because mm-hmm. I loved this movie and it was it was bad. It was flat out bad. It was a, not really, even it not was good. a really bad movie. Like, And this is a genre where that happens a lot. A lot. Like, this is a genre where you have bad movies that are so enjoyable and so fun that mm-hmm. you like them anyway. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about horror. Horror and sci-fi particularly tend yeah. to do this. And, like, I can't think of another genre, really, where bad movies get so much love as they do in this genre. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. So when people stand up and say, oh, you're an idiot if you like this or you're an idiot if you don't like that, it's like you've missed the point entirely. Yeah. Like the, the point of this is just to enjoy it. Yeah. It uh, This is all here. It, it's all subjective. Yeah. Every bit of this is subjective and we all know that. So go out and like what you like and don't be embarrassed by it. And don't listen to people when they tell you that you shouldn't like it. It's... <laughs> Really, nobody's fucking business. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like Tarantino movies. I don't like most of them. I do like Kill Bill, um, but most of the other ones really don't appeal to me. David loves, like, Death Proof and, yeah. and all those, and they really don't appeal to me much, if I'm being honest. It's not my cup of tea, so... I don't know. Even... And I know this is going to be wildly unpopular. I don't want to say I don't like them, but... The Marvel movies are like, Meh. I'll watch them if they're <clears throat> on and I'm not doing anything else. But like, there have been times where I've like actively gotten up and walked away from a Marvel movie because it's like, I don't, I, it's not my cup of tea. And they're obviously not bad movies. Like, they're obviously very good movies, but it's not my cup of tea. So it's like, well, who cares? No, but I get that. And like, everybody has. Everybody has opinions. They're not right or wrong most of the time. Mm -hmm. So just let everybody like what they like. So I I agree 100% with with Beza or Beza. I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. I know. We sincerely apologize. Um, But no, I agree with you 100%. It's just it's stupid to have arguments about it. 
If it's a friendly argument, that's one thing. Because we all have friendly arguments. We, you know, I have a very close friend. David and I both have a very close friend who does not like scream. And <laughs> it's a friendly argument. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> uh I mean, but, there are, are there are also just people who don't have good taste. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. I I'm know. Kidding. You're kidding. Even when we had Jackie Beat on and she said she didn't like Scream, it's like this yeah, is someone. Yeah, but that's someone... because she felt robbed. It wasn't well, it? yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jackie Beat is someone who's who I love desperately. I think she's so smart, so funny, so talented. It's like I'm not going to start hating Jackie Beat because she doesn't like Scream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why would why would it matter if it was Jackie Beat or if it was someone I don't know? It doesn't it's like it doesn't matter. It's yeah. totally it's it's of zero importance. <laughs> um that said, we appreciate you guys <laughs> joining us for this conversation about malignant. It was exactly what it said it would be. <laughs> Dead dove, do not eat. Dead dove, do not eat. I don't know why I expected anything else. Um, Honestly, eat this dead dove. Go, go out yeah. and watch it. If if you're if you're one of those people who has a tendency to listen to this podcast without watching the movie, and your name isn't Nancy, <laughs> go watch this movie. And even if your name is Nancy, go watch it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be terrorized. Probably she'll she'll never sleep again. But um. No, go watch this movie. It's worth the hour and a half just to see how you react it's to it. It's longer than that. Is it really? It's almost two hours, I think. I didn't realize that. Uh, it didn't feel like it was that it long. It was quite a ride. <laughs> quite a ride. <laughs> okay, well, it's worth the two hours of your time just to see how you react to it. It's it's like... <sighs> I don't even know what to compare it to. It's It's like trying a new food for the first time. Yeah, if that food was like made of fire and spikes, <laughs> <laughs> or was something weird like escargot or something, <laughs> like it's worth it to try it just to see if. You and like the it. escargot had T Rex arms, <laughs> and it was on the back of someone's head. <laughs> the waiter just comes up and turns <laughs> and hands you a fork. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, that's yeah. it for Malignant. We will be back on Monday with a new uh, mini, mini microsode on Patreon. And we'll be back next week with more many, many episodes right here. Uh, so that's it for us this week. I've, I've totally chatted out. So I'm just going to say until next time, stay spoopy and remember. Now I can do all the mind tricks you can. <laughs> Not possible! Did you forget? We share the same brain. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Malignant, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures 2021. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.